This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup, just like a front three of Reese Keane and Frockyar, right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Guy, how are we? Feels wrong for me yeah. to be doing the introducing in the company of a podcast king like yourself, but pleasure to have you. How's things? Yeah, yeah pleasure <laughs> pleasure to be with you. Uh, I've not been called that before, but uh, yeah, no, no, pleasure to pleasure to be here and pleasure to uh, to chat North End. I'm sure your voice will be very familiar to a lot of fans, um, you know, from all the limbs over the years. But for people that don't know, how did you end up, you know, being in a position where you you're pretty much commentating on Preston? At least every other week, I would say. Yeah, you you say my voice is familiar. It might not be when when I'm calm and and docile, rather than yeah. shouting at the shouting at the top of my my register. No, uh, I I got into it by uh, going to to UCLan, uh, doing the sports journalism course there. Graduated in in 2015, and kind of always always had the desire and, and want to sort of get into commentary and working in radio. Um, so back end of my degree course, I started doing exactly that, and then. Uh, as as these things sort of seem to come around, it's all about opportunity. And not long after I'd graduated, um, a game or two became free in sort of North End's uh, schedule of, of where they needed cover. And yeah, took it from there. And what are we, seven, eight, eight years later, um, still going strong. And as you say, I've, I've sort of had a dalliance at being away and doing Wigan for a couple of seasons. But uh, yeah. yeah, now, as you say, pretty much every other game with, with North End. Because you're an Arsenal fan, aren't you? But you've got a soft spot for Preston now. I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, as you can tell from my accent, I'm not, not from round these parts. Although <laughs> some say my, my accent's softening. I don't, I don't think it is. But um, yeah, no, Arsenal's my team. Grew up as an Arsenal fan, but having been up here ten years now and married into a, a uh, family of diehard PNE fans, to say. Yeah. My, my stance has softened a bit. I, I, I probably would be would be giving myself a disservice if I didn't say it was kind of split 50-50 these days, my allegiance. Do you have a favourite game or goal from over the years, Preston-wise? Oh, a favourite game or goal. You know what, game-wise, uh, 
take, taking away the League One player final because that was that was incredible. That was right at the end of sort of my my degree time and when I was beginning to first sort of go to press conferences regularly and and be at North End games. That was magical. But uh, in terms of sort of detail, one I'm I'm going to pick the the Blackburn Rovers game coming down from two 0 behind. I remember yeah. being on the concourse at half time that day and being like, "This is horrendous. What is going on? Not to these, please." Um, mm-hmm. And and Tom Barkazen's goal, curling it in, um, yeah. sort of down at the town end. I sit on the or at that for that game. And to be fair, more recently, I've, I've been sort of sat on the Finney in recent years. And uh, yeah, the the view of that was was absolutely incredible. In terms of goals, well, that is that is a goal that I really like. Ched Evans' incredible volley at Millwall is another. Yeah. Um, but also Tom Cannon's last season against Blackpool. I know it, it being against Blackpool kind of feeds into that. But um, yeah, no, the, those are those are probably the the three. Ask me on the spot that would would spring yeah. to mind. Yeah, time kind of froze with that Cannon one, didn't it? It was like kind of like rolled into the bottom corner. It was like Plus. inevitable as well, though, wasn't it? Like sort of yeah. when he was going through, and that was that was the air of confidence he gave last season. Was just when when he had the ball in the box and had a chance. Um, you just knew you just knew what was going to happen. So you've been at four games this season: Sunderland, Sheffield, Wednesday, Swansea, and Salford. Adam Salisbury's not here for anyone wondering. That's because he's been a massive cop out and he's not been on this season. He's playing cricket instead. So, guy is here to talk about the games a bit more. What um, what's your take on it so far? You know, being top is incredible, but what are the differences you know you've spotted compared to last season? I think I was thinking about this before we start recording. The, the main thing to me that is different, and I, I don't know if you sort of feel the same though, watching them, is the fluidity they're playing with. It feels as though there's just a, a sort of clarity. I, I, I don't want to say ham. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Clarity and with that fluidity, fluidity, sorry, and sort of, as you say, clarity of thought of what they want to do. So many times last season, you'd watch the warm up and they'd do sort of the shadow thing of playing the ball around, and you could see you could see what they were wanting to do, and almost you yeah, could yeah. see the patterns of play that had been worked on on the training ground. And when it came to specific moments where that came off, I think a sort of Swansea at home when Brad Potts scored, it, th- that was one of those moves where you could say, right, that's the pattern of play they're working on on the training ground, and you can see it sort of playing off on on the pitch. This season, it feels it feels as though kind of that cohesion and that work that's gone in over what are we sort of the twenty months or so Ryan Lowe's been at the club that it's coming together where it's now not as sort of thought through on the pitch. It's it's second nature now, and as you say, their clarity of thought of what they're doing has just led to the the fluidity of of what is happening. Yeah, I think you're right. A lot a lot of the times last season in games, I think. Sometimes players would get the ball and they would look really unsure what they're going to do. And that's never good because that translates to the stands. And all fans ever want to see is like an identity. And that warm-up you mentioned, I don't even know if they're doing it anymore, but you know, you watch that and thought, there's no there's no opposition there. It's not going to be that easy in the game. And I don't know what's changed, but they do look a much more kind of assured team now in time. terms of what they're doing. Yeah, I, I think uh, you said in terms of what's changed, I think it's time. I think everyone's so quick to want to rush to having sort of the end product of, of what comes in. Now, when Ryan Lowe came in straight from the off, he's he's made it clear he's got a style of play he wants to implement. Now, you mentioned at the top me me sort of liking uh, being 
supporting Arsenal and them sort of being my team. Like when when Mikel Arteta went in there, it's it's not too dissimilar. It was very rigid of how they wanted to play, and all of a sudden yeah. things can click very quickly. Where you, you got to sort of remember how much time they put in on the training ground that you don't see behind closed doors. Eventually, that does feed into the psyche. There, there had been such a pronounced way of playing for what four years under Alex Neil, a four-two-three-one of that's the way that North End go at teams. To yeah. all of a sudden, a shift to begin towards a back three towards the back end of Alex Neil's time, and then into Frankie McAvoy, and that was very much pronounced in the way in which Ryan Lowe wanted to play, but in a different style. And it's taken a bit of time, but as I say, I think I think it's just a case of they've had that time on the training ground to understand those patterns of play and not for them to be what they're kind of being told to do, but actually what they do through second nature of, yeah, okay, we don't, we're not thinking now about prescriptively what, what we need to do when we get the ball. And it's not like the prettiest thing you've ever seen in the world, but it's just effective. I think, you know, you look at the back three, I don't know if they're all entirely comfortable on the ball, but it just makes sense to get the ball further forward quicker. And I think Luton were great at that, weren't they? Just kind of, kind of bypassed the midfield in a way and got it further forward and played in that final third. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of championship football is, is about your individual battles and winning those. And I think Alex Neil in his his first season at the club, one of the things I, I used to come away from a lot of games was thinking North End, even if they were beaten in the game, they weren't beaten out there on the pitch. They they contested every duel and maybe the result just didn't go quite the right way. You mentioned Luton. That's the kind of way, and Coventry, of course, got to the, the playoff final with them. That's the kind of way those sides have kind of built and set up is if you're going to go either to them or they're going to come to you, you have to beat them to get the result. And I'm not I'm not saying I know obviously you have to beat them to get the three points yet, but I mean as in you need to grind them down, you need to dismantle them, you need to be at your levels to do what you need to do. And that's where North End are at. I mean the Swansea game this season I thought was a, a prime example of that. And yeah. and also you, you mentioned sort of what's changed. I think for me at Bramall Lane at the end of last season, Ryan Lowe for for I know it was the game that effectively end or did end any hope of getting in the playoffs. But even even then, it was a it was a it was sort of a fanciful dream that North End were going to go into it on the final day after what had happened at Swansea anyway. But after that that game, it was like right, well, Sheffield United have got promoted. They're celebrating promotion on the pitch. Like our season was kind of already running its course anyway. But the tone Ryan Lowe struck in that press conference, incredible, just yeah. how. How angry he was! You could just smell, you could just see the ambition burning off him, the desire, the rage of, I don't, I'm not here to make up the numbers. We might not have the biggest budget, but that doesn't mean we can't dream. Doesn't mean we can't compete in the transfer market. Doesn't mean we can't entice players to this club. And for me, that 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 was where the the seeds were sown for this season and the change. And then you go to like the Swansea game and the way in which he he, he just sort of threw a caution to the wind and went right. Back three's not working. Let's let's go four two three one. Let's just really use the crowd. Deepdale, we haven't been great at Deepdale last season, but we know in his first half of the season how how big a connection he he built with the home crowd. We're attacking the town end. Let's give it to them and see if they can stand up to it. And they couldn't. They absolutely crumbled. And North End ran a mock and yeah, obviously got the win. But that was kind of for me. You say what's what's kind of changed? Yeah, it's it's more aggression. But also within that, more fluidity, as I say, like you can have your set formations and, and ways in which you want to play. But at the end of the day, it's about just doing what you need to do to get the win. And I think that's 
in in the games we've seen so far this season, the way North End are approaching it. Yeah, I think that Sheffield United one is a great one to mention. I think that was a really important day for him because, you know, you were sat there in that press conference wondering if he's going to be here next season because he was lucky he was kind of giving up. But then you imagine he slept on it and thought, right, Sheffield United are great at all, like this character mentality and that's what we've got to have. And he's tried to instill that this year, hasn't he? You know, and Preston have to have that, the type of club we are, the type of fan base. You know, if you can take Leafs from teams like that, I think you've got the characters in the squad to to do that as well. You know, Brown and Hughes, people like that, they, they get it, they roll the sleeves up. And it's much more relatable this season in terms of they're trying to play, in terms of not trying to play out from the back and ask players to do things that are not, not comfortable with. And I think Ryan Lowe's yeah, kind definitely. of a lot more measured now and he's had to compromise things and, it does, like you said, time. It does. Time does help. No, definitely. And I just think with within it, right? if if North End are going to get to the promised land, they need to be more than the sum of their parts. Because at the end of the yeah. day, if they just if they just play to kind of the norm, we we know where the budget is. It's going to see North End kind of battling relegation. Which, to be fair, even in the, in what the, the the seven eight seasons they've been in the championship. They've not not really realistically been pulled into a relegation battle. Obviously, when Alex no. Neal left, there was it, it, it was sort of squeaky bum time. But even even to me then, they weren't in a relegation battle. Um, so they they've always marginally overachieved anyway. But if they're going to really leap and overachieve to the extent everybody hopes they will, they need to be plugged in and, and everyone pulling in the right direction. And it is about that. Like you say, after that press conference, I, I remember just thinking, wow, is he, <laughs> he going yeah. to resign? Like, it's like he completely North tossed end... it off. But, the, but, but no, but that, that's the thing is like for, for Ryan Lowe, like the, the characteristic I always associate with him most is just pure sheer ambition. And he, mm. that is what he has. He, he is so ambitious to want to get North end to, to where he wants to take them, which is obviously the Premier League and where he wants to be himself. And he was he, he was sort of laying it down in that press conference. If you if the players in the dressing room aren't ready to go to that level with me, if the club aren't ready as well, well, what are we all doing here? And I think over the course of the summer, there's obviously been that desire set out. And you, you see the ambition that's been shown in the transfer market as well. And 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 the calibre of player, not not only this summer, but throughout Ryan Lowe's time in charge. I mean you look at sort of the calibre of player that was was being signed, even straight the transfer window before Ryan Lowe arrived and, and Jamie Thomas coming in from Bamber Bridge, all due respect to him. But then the calibre of player, the amount of yeah. Premier League loanee players or even players like a, a Ben Woodburn, who I know is not the most popular, but getting someone with his pedigree to, to come in on a permanent deal on North End's terms rather than a, a player's terms, I, I think they've done expertly. Yeah. That Sheffield United stuff feeds into the recruitment this summer, doesn't it? We went from five loans to then signing people like Will Keane, Jack Watmo, Dwayne Holmes, and they bring all of that that he he was lacking on that day at Bramall Lane, don't they? And then you've looked into Europe. Then you've got a couple of loans in as well, young lads. I know everyone has a laugh about like Liverpool connections and stuff, but you know he's done. He's he's got more right than he's not in the transfer market. Hundred percent. I think is. I think the recruitment. The, the player recruitment that has been done throughout his, his time has been close to faultless. So, uh, there will be ones that don't work out. That's the nature of bringing in players. But have North End each transfer window, in in my opinion, brought in players that have improved the squad? Most definitely. Is that now transpiring to where they've got to? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you look at a player like Will Keane, and I remember last season quite often 
saying Troy Parrott reminded me of Will Keane during Will Keane's first stint at, at yeah. North End. Now, when he came back in this summer window, I, I was I was made up, as I said at the top of, went away and did a bit of commentary on Wigan for a couple of seasons and saw him there during their League One title winning season, as I did Jack Watmore. And Will Keane, what, what he's added to his game and learned is that understanding of what, what positions suit him best to pick up in order to be the most effective he can be in scoring goals. When he first arrived at North End in that loan spell in 2015, he was a young striker with plenty of reputation behind him, but scored a load of goals at academy level. He's gone away, built his career and learnt where he's most effective. And now we've seen that and we've seen what a, what a brilliant signing he's been. And that ability to, to lead the line and carry the team in that regard. He's a player who previously struggled a lot with injury and obviously picked up the, the injury he has on, on international break. But during a time where North End literally couldn't have afforded any injury at the top end of the pitch, he's kept himself fit and delivered the goals. And you can't really ask for much more. No. That parrot com uh, comparison is just so clear to me. It was At times it was like watching you know, Keane in his first spell. You know, I think Parrot will go on to be a decent player, but... You just see the difference with Keane, you know, that instinct in the final third, you know, you're putting the ball up to him, he's attacking headers and stuff. He's he has he has turned into a really like polished striker, hasn't he, over the years? And then, you know, with people at homes buzzing around him behind him. Preston just look I think you know, you're carrying a lot of players that have been around for a long time and you know, it does feel a bit fresher, a bit newer now. Why you've still got that kind of backbone of players that have have been here for a bit and, and know what the club is about and all that kind of stuff. Definitely. I mean, with, with Daniel Johnson moving on, to me, it's felt like there's been kind of almost a departure from that kind of squad that was promoted. When you think yeah. it's just him, obviously Paul Gallagher moving on from the coaching side as well, because you then you then have to think, oh, well, no, surely it must be more than that, because it, it feels like such a fresh energy yeah, yeah. this season within the squad. But then you kind of consider, obviously, over over the years, it's, it's kind of been a, a John Welsh has gone, a Tom Clark's gone, a Paul Huntington's gone. And, and then all of a sudden it does add up to, oh, yeah, actually, OK, they have moved. And maybe it was kind of just, just DJ and Galley, sort of the last pieces of that moving on, that then make you sort of feel, whoa, this is this is a bit sort of a step removed from from the Preston that have established themselves in the championship. But no, the recruitment's been bang on. And you mentioned like someone like Dwayne Holmes. He's, he's a guy who's played in the championship playoff final. And if that's the the level that North End want to aspire to be, they need guys who have been there and tasted success. Even the likes of Jack Watmore. Yeah, he's only had one year at Wigan in this this division and they got relegated. But again, he's a player who's been used to carrying a weight of expectation, whether it's been winning promotion with Wigan Athletic or, or playing for a club like Portsmouth and the magnitude of the support they have and the the thirst for success there. He, he's a guy who will, will kind of understand what is expected. And I think once he kind of really gets bedded into the team, and maybe that's that's going to happen during this international break, who knows? I think he could become a real real key cog in in that defensive uh, structure. We've seen it when he's when he's come off to come off the bench to help get wins over the line. But I think once he sort of settles into the side, maybe we could see a, a really polished player back there. They are the the free transfers you want to see Preston making in comparison to some of the ones they've done in recent years, you know, they are really smart pickups. And then you've got like overseas recruitment to go with that. You can kind of afford them a bit of time to adjust to England if they need to, while you've got real solid players in, in those we've mentioned. You, you do a bit of Liverpool stuff, don't you, for work? Do you know anything about Calvin Ramsey and, and Leighton Stewart? Obviously neither yet to really feature this season. Yeah, no, I, I mean, in terms of, the, the the pedigree of them. I think they're both really exciting 
pickups. Um, yeah. Calvin Ramsey, when he when he came, when when he first even moved to Liverpool from Aberdeen, there was a lot of hype and expectation around him. I mean, the the idea was he was going to be the backup to Trent Alexander Arnold, who we all know how vital he is to what to what Liverpool do. Now, I'm not trying to say that I, I don't think Liverpool envisaged him being the same player as that. I think he the idea of him is 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 he's more sort of a marauding fullback stroke wing back which is clearly where you would see him fitting into to the the Preston North End team unfortunately he's obviously had a number of injuries and uh issues since he's he's moved down from Aberdeen to Liverpool um so hopefully he gets fit and he gets up to speed as as quickly as possible and again adds adds another threat to what Preston North End can do down that right hand side, but Brad Potts, what what start he's made, even when Calvin Ramsey gets fit, it's not yeah, really awesome. easy to displace Brad Potts this season. Um, and in terms of Leighton Stewart, can't say I've seen him play much at all, other than what he played in preseason at, at Fleetwood and and the game. Uh, he, he yeah. first got his appearance. What was that against Aberdeen as well? But he was he was highly rated, and I know he's he's kind of even the kind of player who Jurgen Klopp would have train up with the first team and keep an eye on him. Um, yeah. And to me, as I said it when North End signed him to, to to bring in a player like that. That's kind of for me the blueprint. Preston North End should always look to follow in the transfer market. Go and get someone who's academy trained at Cat One Academy, who's got bags of potential. Certainly, when they're playing forward areas, and give them give them that plat- platform to flourish and perform in. We've seen what's happened with Cameron Archer and Tom Cannon in recent seasons on loan, and in Leighton Stewart North End have a player of their own that hopefully they can do that with. It might take a bit more patience and nurturing to get him even to that level. Mm. But for me, it's that, that's a really exciting signing. I remember thinking when we got Cannon and he started to look good, I was thinking, how good would it be if we could buy one like that? And then, you know, we've gone and got Stuart. Nobody really knows how it's going to go. I know he's had a few injuries, but we've got like a senior front line there. So there's no real pressure on him yet. I know there's a few injuries at the moment, but if you get Reese Keane and... Osmaic fit and play, and then Stewart can just kind of work I away think in it's the background. Best environment. And learn and... I th- yeah, I think it's the best environment for him. The, the the way in which the I was thinking about this after sort of the the transfer business was complete, and you kind of think in in recent seasons, certainly like last season, the back end of the campaign, there was a real reliance on two young lads who yeah. pretty much unproven in Delap and Cannon, yeah. and you're effectively lucking out that one of them turns into the player that they do in Tom Cannon because you don't know how they're going to take that that step from academy level. I think if we'd both sat down at the end of January and said, right, which one's going to score more goals, Liam Delap or Tom Cannon, probably would have turned around to you and said, yeah, I reckon it'll be Liam Delap because he, he was the guy who came yeah. with the, the bigger pedigree. Um, but that isn't the way it turned out. And you look at Leighton Stewart now and actually that attacking unit that's been built We've, we've already mentioned Will Keane. We know what Emil Reese can do. Um, Osmatic, who, who comes in, we'll have to sort of see how he adapts, but he's at an age and already shown in sort of leagues abroad what he could potentially offer. And yeah, to me, it's kind of like, well, that almost lifts a bit of the pressure off Leighton Stewart to develop and build up at his own rate for then Ryan Lowe to bed him into the team and feed him in when yeah. he feels the opportunity is right. And if, if there's one thing that we've seen with Ryan Lowe, and being a former striker is he, he knows what he's doing with nurturing these young strikers and when to feed them in and how to to get partnerships going, which you don't see all too too often these days. Strike partnerships, but it seems to be a real forte of of his of of knowing the combinations to put together. I think Preston need to get back like trading players. That's what they did successfully for a few years. I know COVID impacted that, 
But straight, if you're going to do that, strikers are the ones to get out to get, aren't they? Because you see the Archer money and the Cannon money. You know, Cannon scored eight goals and then he's going for eight million or seven million. So you know, you Stewart is one you look at and you think maybe one day because in the loan market, I know I know it's romantic and you love it, but you are just kind of filling other people's pockets, aren't you? But it's one of them, and it's it's sort of catch twenty two. It's what it's what you need if if you need someone's goals to come in and push you over the line, then maybe the yeah. loan options are best. As you say, if it's player trading where you 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 start with a, a Leighton Stewart, you build him up, you sell him on, you bring in an next one, and obviously Peter have have been kings of it in in the lower leagues for a number of years. And as you say, yeah. even with them, it's always the strikers that they're trading. Brentford did it so successfully and effectively is is what helped them then go on the splurge that they needed to bring in the players that they have to to get themselves to the Premier League. It's, yeah. it, it is Player trading is is crucial to a club the size of Preston North End, but and I remember listening to an interview Peter Ridsdale did at the start of the summer, sort of saying, yeah, it's all well and good, sort of saying we need to get player trading, which I think everyone at the club would more than happily bite your hand off to say, yeah, that's a, that's a model that really would work, but you've mm. got to have, you've got to have interested parties, haven't you? So, yeah, one thing you kind of know, I suppose, with strikers is if if they're scoring goals, you are going to have interested parties. Hundred percent. Yeah, Frockyar looks a lovely player, doesn't he? You know, you wanted to see these data guys that Ryan's got behind the scenes really mm-hmm. kind of find a gem like this. They've got Frockyar in, and then obviously we've signed this striker Osmajic. Have you? Do you know the pronunciation? No, I don't. On that one, yeah, yeah I, I, I will. I will be making a few phone calls. That, that, <laughs> that, that's a yeah, no, it's, but it's it's nice, isn't it? To see North End yeah. going into sort it of a foreign is, yeah. market and sort of thinking that North End. I think a couple of seasons ago, everyone was probably resigned to thinking North End were limited to to loans and and free agents within the domestic market. Certainly, when Brexit first struck, or yeah. Brexit first happened, and the the work permit rules came in, um, people were sort of Emil Reese kind of seems as though that was kind of the only and last opportunity to sort of see a foreign star or foreign player from a from a, a European league come into to Preston North End. But yeah, this summer Frockyar and Osmaich have have sort of come in now and it is really exciting because we don't know anything about these guys. You then see them. You see Frockyar come up with a couple of assists, a couple of goals, and all of a sudden it gets people very, very excited. Yeah. And now we want now there's a centre forward that everyone's licking their lips ready to see. We'll have to just wait and see what he does do. I mean, he looks like a beast, doesn't he? He, does, he looks like a he proper striker. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not really heard him yet, not seen him yet, so it seems silly to say, but yeah, nice blend to Preston's recruitment this summer, I think. But what you said before about kind of like Luton, you'd hope he could be sort of that Carlton Morris type figure who's just going to eat championship defenders alive. Yeah. Um, and just, just bulldoze his way through them. I mean, you look at some of the things he's done and you see the, the size of his chest. I mean, I, I hope they've got a shirt big enough in the... It, it, I, I sort of hope the kit man's got a shirt big enough yet yeah. to fit him. But uh, he looks a man mountain. He looks a bruiser and hopefully he comes up with the goods. And to be fair, if you think of a lot of the top strikers nowadays, they are kind of like that, aren't they? Big presences, especially in the Premier League. Oh, most certainly, yeah. I think yeah. in the Premier League, that's that's rule number one. Physicality is where you yeah. need to be at, and then it then it comes into the other aspects. Yeah. Mm. Plymouth, Birmingham, Rotherham, West Brom to come this month. You know, I know there's no easy games, but you know, you look at that; it's a decent opportunity on paper. Really, Saturday will be spicy, and Birmingham are looking all right. Had a good summer, but after winning, after winning four and drawing one. Those four games, you can really attack, I think, because October looks pretty tough. 
I think I think you guys went to watch some before. I think every, every game, the championship, every game, other than maybe when you're playing against some of the the real big hitters, obviously Leicester's to come sort of early early October, isn't it? And maybe some of those games you go into thinking, okay, they they might have a bit more technical quality than us. But yeah. I know it's the cliche, but you you look at the championship. It's why I love the championship so much. I mean, look at a team like Middlesbrough, who last year looked absolutely all conquering, and we were at the Riverside when they just tore North End apart. And yeah. I, I remember thinking, wow, there's there's no stopping them now you take three or four key personnel out of their team and i get that's that's quite a number but you take three or four key men out of their team and they are really struggling this season to look anywhere near what they were last season and that 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 is that is the fine nature of the championship whether it's injuries whether it's transfers whatever most teams are only really even the top ones three or four key personnel away from being derailed somewhat Um, and and therefore it's about sort of keeping that tight squad together so i mean looking at it i mean you you mentioned the games obviously rotherham is to come plymouth newly promoted those are games that north end i'm sure will be looking at and, and, and targeting wanting to win previous seasons birmingham have been a side that everyone's kind of myself included had written off and i remember them coming to detail last season thinking here we go this will be three points and obviously they they ended up taking the points and getting it done so it is kind of just taking each game on its merits and seeing what it offers up but like you said, I think I think Saturday will be tasty indeed. Yeah, to get Middlesbrough, well, odds of having Middlesbrough bottom after five games and Preston top would have been astounding, wouldn't it? I thought last season coming in that after after North End sort of dispatched Borough on the the final day of that season to stop them getting in the playoffs. I remember thinking, give Chris Wilder a summer, he'll get them going. They've obviously finished the season really well, just didn't quite have enough games to get into the yeah, top yeah. six. And then they started pretty poorly and fell away. Whereas this season now under Carrick, again, thought the exact same and it didn't work. But but North End, goes back to what we said at the top, it's sort of getting the rewards for that time and cohesion that they they built up. Brilliant guy. Pleasure to chat all things p with you. When are you uh, deep down next or when's your next game? Uh, my next game is Birmingham City, I believe. That's that's before the Rotherham game, isn't it? It's the Tuesday and, and, and Saturday. Tuesday night, so first midweek. Yeah, exactly that. Under the lights at Deepdale, as we all like it, and hopefully, hopefully three points, and hopefully continuing this uh, this run at the top of the table. It's been nice for two weeks to sit there. Let's let's hope it can continue for a little, little while longer. Going to get a bit chillier on the football, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Big <laughs> big coat weather is almost upon us. Flat cap weather for you, always. Yeah. <laughs> Always in 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 all climes. Certainly, when you've no hair like me, yeah, you you need, you need to cover it up in the sun. In the sun, you're at risk of it burning, and in the uh, wind and rain, it keeps yeah. you warm. Score prediction for Saturday, please. Score prediction. I'm going to go two one Preston North End. Yeah, I'm going two one as well. We've got goals, aren't we, Plymouth? But Preston are rejuvenated at home, and it's good to see because last year was pretty pretty crap, wasn't it? Yeah, well, you say you say you say Plymouth have goals. Don't disagree with that, but we're both sort of saying there that we think North End will get two. I think it's it's nice to see and know that North End have goals in them as well. That's certainly what they've shown this season. And there is there is certainly optimism continuing. We all go into the season with optimism, but it has continued and been even reignited or ignited further with the start they've made. And hopefully at home this season, uh, we're going to see plenty of goals and plenty of entertainment at Deep. Pleasure to chat with you, mate. Take care. Anytime.
It's the 90th minute and P&E are on the TV. You're watching with all your mates and the McNugget share boxes are open for all. Your pal's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Result. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com on the McDonald's app. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.